grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. When God created the universe, especially humanity, God declared it to be very good. God gave of himself and poured himself into creation. First, by speaking light into existence and by breathing into Adam the breath of life, Adam's soul. God Almighty alone is inherently good. This is why God declares it is very good. Adam and Eve, however, after their sin, tainted God's creation. But as the Gospel of John notes of our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ in John chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The darkness of Adam and Eve's sin could not overcome the light and power of God. Light breaks into darkness. But like people who are waking up from a deep sleep, a bright light is very disturbing. So how does Christ break into this world of darkness without scaring us away? Well, you may remember that Moses veiled himself so that Moses could be with the people. This came from Exodus chapter 34, verse 35, because after direct conversation with God, the face of Moses was shining brightly. So also Jesus veils himself by not shining brightly after his birth, actually throughout his whole ministry, with one exception. And that is in our gospel reading for today, the transfiguration of our Lord. At the transfiguration of our Lord, we get to see through the eyes of Peter, James, and John, very much like the veil that covered Moses' face, that the Lord is indeed good, as he is glorified before these three disciples. But like the people of Israel, we need to listen to Moses. And like us as Christians today, we need to hear these words of Peter, James, and John as a testimony to who God is. So Paul describes it this way when we talk about the veiling of Jesus in Philippians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7 who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with the God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. God, in the likeness of men, the incarnation, born of Mary, born in Bethlehem, God taking on the form of his creation in order to redeem his creation, to bring light back into his creation. However, like a sleepy person who doesn't want the bright light to shine, the world doesn't see it. The creator of the universe would only be revealed as God once 
again, speaks by speaking himself into creation. From John chapter 1, verse 14, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John would know, because John was there, one of the three, when John, Jesus was transfigured. But for us, again, we need to listen to the testimony of John. So even though God allows himself to be hidden, the test still comes to us today. Will we trust the words and promises of God, even though our eyes, ears, mouth, nose, and touch may say otherwise? And this is where our pride gets in the way. Just like Thomas, we want to physically experience our Creator. But think, what about the other nine disciples. Remember, there were 12 of them, and Jesus, whom, whom Jesus especially called, but Jesus only takes three of them. Despite the hindrances of our pride, God's glory prevails. Reflecting on how the disciples might have felt when Peter, James, and John witnessed the glory on the mountaintop underscores the strength of our human nature. However, the greater strength is not pride. The greater strength is God's glory. Trusting in God's will, understanding the hiddenness of God, is strongly emphasized here. And that's the test. Are we going to trust in God and his promises or our own senses? You see, God's work is betrayed not on grand mountaintops, but seemingly insignificant events and elements. So let's pick up the insignificant event of a man being crucified. There were two other thieves on the side of Jesus being crucified, and the world dismisses it and just sees three guys being crucified. But we see something different. We see a God who was crucified and died for us, fulfilling the law, bringing forgiveness of sins, removing that sin that taints us so that we can be in the presence of God, so that we can see God. Insignificant elements that the world says there's nothing special about bread and wine. These elements, however, when they carry the word of God, and the glory of God is hidden in, with, and under that bread and wine. Well, St. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 26, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Again, the world would say two insignificant events. But for those who have been baptized whose eyes are open, we see that Peter is correct, even if he didn't understand. And what was Peter correct about? Well, let's return to our gospel reading from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 9, verse 5. And Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. 
Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. For he did not know what to say, for they were terrified. So it is good that we are here, because the Lord makes it good, even today. We don't need to be on the mountaintop to have that special experience. We can be here at Peace Lutheran Church. For our baptized soul is drawn to Christ as a little toddler who sees mom and dad and with arms open wide goes running at full speed, unaware of anything else around them. But yet, our adult rational mind likes to push back and say, I don't see Christ. I just see a human being. I don't see the glory of God. It's just a man. It's not there. It's just a figment of your imagination. However, the soul knows better because it has been cleansed through the water of holy baptism and screaming and shouting inside of us to open our eyes and listen to the promises of God, seeing the pure light of God. But our rational mind says, no. So it is good that we are here, because true goodness only comes from God, and God promises to be here in a hidden way. God promises to be here where two or three are gathered in his name. God promises to be here when his word is attached to bread and wine. God promises to be here for sinners living in the darkness of this world or sinners living in the darkness of their own minds. For the light of God is not overcome by the darkness of the world nor our minds. So like Thomas, who listened to his rational mind in John chapter 20, verse 25, so the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord, but he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails, and place my finger into the mark of the nails, and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. But notice Thomas after being in the presence of God, what he says to God, that is, to Jesus. John chapter 20, verse 28. Thomas answered, Jesus, my Lord and my God. Thomas makes the beautiful confession of faith. And Thomas now understood what the psalmist wrote, hundreds of years beforehand, from Psalm chapter 34, verse 8. O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Yes, the Lord is good. The Lord alone is inherently good. And his presence is with us. So yes, Peter is right. Rabbi, it is good that we are here. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. And the peace of God, which surpasses all our understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.